quite a number of you here tonight. Thank you guys for coming. I know you guys could be at Boston Pizza with a heart-shaped pizza, but I know you came for the pierogies, and awesome choice. <laughs> yes, thank you guys. Can I just lead in a little prayer here? Thank you, Lord, just for everybody coming, Lord. I just pray for open ears, open hearts, Lord. I just pray that the words that come out of our mouth are your words, the words of the Holy Spirit, and lives are changed in Jesus' name. I just want to say something before we begin. Um, I just met Laverne and Grace Yagelnitsky over there. You guys want to just wave? So they got married. They were the first ones to get married in this building. So I thought that was really neat. They just shared that with me tonight, and they just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. So they were the first ones. So right on. So just to get started, my name's Brooke. This is Vanessa, just in case you don't know who's who. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we want to share our story with you. We just feel that God has led us to, uh, to share our testimony. And we've given three testimonies so far in our own church. And we've combined them into one here for you guys. And hoping we can share and maybe inspire people in their lives. So I'm going to start with an introduction. My name is Brooke Andres. I was born in Roblin, Manitoba. Uh, there are some Roblinites over there. <laughs> Raised in San Clara. Um, went to school in the, in the States for sports, for baseball, and met my wife, and uh, we got married, and we started in Roblin, then McNutt, and then ended up in Edmonton. That's right. So I grew up in Fort McMurray. I grew up in a Christian home, uh, very loving family, had wonderful upbringing. Um, in my teenage years, though, you know, like you don't always follow the direction that you probably should, that your parents tell you to. So I veered off a little bit um, in my older teen years. So my parents ended up shipping me off to Bible college. And I remember um, when they left, when they were driving away, I said to my mom, I said, I'm not going to forgive you. Don't leave me here. And I found out later on that um, my mom wanted to turn around, but my dad said, no, we're leaving her and it's going to be the best thing for her. So sometimes our parents know right. And my dad is actually here tonight, and a neat mention, my dad, my husband Brooke, and my grandpa all shared the same birthday, and my dad held Brooke as a baby. So I think we are kind of meant to be. <laughs> so like Brooke mentioned, we moved to Edmonton shortly after we got married, and... We struggled paycheck to paycheck. We, we had a, it, it was really rough. Um, I was going to university for my teaching degree. You know, we had a mortgage, we had a car payment. Uh, we ended up having our first son, uh, child, Austin, and he's here today. Want to give a little wave, Austin? He's our little athletic star. He's, he's a great athlete, all around athlete, so. We ended up um, realizing that we needed a change in our lives. We couldn't, we couldn't keep on going um, with Brooke being gone so much all the time. And that change came when, when we had our second uh, child, Ariana. She's here as well. And just to make mention, Ariana, 
she just did her first commercial. It's for Sastel. She beat out 100 people in an audition, so that comes out on Monday. So look for her. Uh, she's playing hockey in a Sastel commercial. So my, my schedule was three months on away from home, and I would come home for two days, and I'd go away for three months. So as you guys would know, it would be terribly hard on a marriage. And, of course, I had Austin. Uh, he was, uh, you know, a little boy at that time, and I would drive away from the house, and I would look, and I'd see him banging on the window, and he was just small. Don't go, Daddy. And I'd be gone for three months, and it was incredibly difficult. But I came back when Ariana was born, and we went to a church that lived, was right beside us in Edmonton. It was Millwood's Pentecostal Church. And they had a, a sermon on tithing. And the sermon was on how when we give to God, he gives back. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing so abundant that you can't shake it together, press it down, and it'll runneth over. You can't even contain it. And I heard that growing up. I grew up in a very conservative church where they didn't, they didn't believe in the move of the Spirit after the apostles. So it just, I don't know, it's just we never ever took that to heart. And we went, and for some reason that just spoke to us. And he also, they also said we're supposed to give with a cheerful heart. And that's, that's in the Bible. I think that's in Malachi, if I can remember right. And the cheerful heart is the faith aspect. So we went home. I quit my job in the oil field, took my last paycheck, and gave it all. I said, here, take it, Lord. We're giving 100% faith to you. I don't re recommend that to anybody, yeah, by the way, to give your that. whole check. <laughs> and, you know, we just said, Lord, we can't wait to see what you have for us. We can't wait to receive this blessing. And thank you for it in advance. And believe it or not, two days later, there was a bang on our door. Went and answered the door. And here it's a realtor. He goes, yeah, I have somebody that wants to buy your house and wants to buy it now. Our house wasn't for sale. And uh, the number he gave us was double what we paid for it, I don't know, a handful of years prior. And we looked at each other and we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. House was gone. We ended up moving from that house into a brand new house built like a castle, far beyond our means. I didn't even have a job. And the banks were blessing us. We started buying and selling houses. I mean, financially, God was pouring out the blessing. One morning, I woke up. I looked at my wife and I said, honey, maybe this isn't God. Maybe this is us. I tell you what, let's quit tithing and see what happens. We were flat broke in two months. Broke. Guess what we started doing? We started tithing and God has blessed us so abundantly from that point forward. We see the, we see the blessings. We thank God for the blessings before we receive them. He has blessed us with a phenomenal family, a phenomenal business. Even in the rough and tough times right now, we are, we are just flourishing as a business. God is just pouring out to us. So I just, I strongly encourage you guys, if things are tough, reach out to God. Don't wait till it's too late. He's there waiting for you. So we, go ahead. That's okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> so we moved to Yorkton about a year later after Ariana was born. We started our company called Triple A Directional Drilling, which stands for three of our children. We'd had, is that? You need to <laughs> spread out a little bit more here. So, oh, oh no, I, he's supposed to put it on my chin. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> okay, he's going to turn it up a little bit. 
So the, the A's in our bu uh, business, triple A directional drilling, stand for each one of our children. So at this time, we had our third child, Alyssa. We were excited about it. We had just moved to Yorkton. But when she came out, guys, um, our world changed. The doctors didn't think she, could she was going to make it. We were definitely dealt with a surprise. So she was born with a condition called Hydrops Fatalis Cyclothorax. I'm going to let my husband explain it because he knows the lingo a little bit better than I do. So this condition is when your body can't distribute the lymph fluid through the body. And what happens is it, it gathers in your lung cavity, in your abdomen, and under your skin. So if you guys look on your tables, there's pictures on your tables. Our little girl looked like the Michelin man. You'll see the, the one, there's yeah, two pictures. It's the one with the baby. Two pictures. They're not our, on every table. So our child table. looked like the Michelin man. And the odds were against her right from day one. I mean, she was born, the, believe it or not, the equipment in, uh, in New Yorkton Hospital to help a child breathe didn't work. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> it took five hours for the ambulance to get from Regina to Yorkton. When they finally picked her up hand ventilating her, and you've got to remember, her lungs are full of fluid, so they can't inhale, so they're, they're giving her tiny breaths of air. They picked her up. The ambulance decided to stop for coffee on the way back to Regina. This is the truth. And I'm not mad at, at anything or anyone. I'm just saying the odds were against her right from day one. And uh, I'll let my wife take over from there. Sure. So yeah, the doctors told us that with only one lung full of fluid, she had a 50% survival rate. Well, like Brooke said, both of her lungs were full. So it didn't look good. So while we were in Regina, we had just moved to Yorkton, remember that? So we had just got into a brand new church, didn't know a lot of people. But that congregation, they all stood up for us one morning. They put Alyssa's picture on the big screen and they stood up and they joined in prayer that God was gonna heal our child. So that was very powerful. We were told that it was a very powerful morning. So our pastors, Des and Cheryl, they ended up um, mentioning to Charles Greff out of Regina to come and pray, pray for our child and pray for us. So we thank them for that. So three very, very long weeks went by, and every time we talked to the doctors, they just told us it doesn't look good. She had seven IVs. She had drain tubes from both lungs. Um, what else was there? There was... Um, I don't know, there, were, there was tubes in and out of her and, like, and the doctors were saying, this does not look good. So I was going down to, to see her and my wife, of course, in, uh, in Regina. But before I left on Sunday, the church called me up to the front. And I, let me tell you, I had stage fright. I, I can't stand speaking in front of people until like a year ago. I love it. I don't know what happened. But <laughs> I went up. I, you know, I sucked up my pride. I went up. And the church gathered around and laid hands on me, praying for my daughter back home. And they just prayed for freedom from whatever conditions she had and so on, and that she was going to be healed. And they spoke in confidence. Two days later, I went to Regina. I showed up. Her IVs were gone. Her tubes were gone. 
they were weaning her off morphine. That was the only thing. It was an absolute miracle. Even the doctors couldn't believe it. It just blew their minds. So right shortly after that, we were able to bring her home. It was an absolute miracle. From going from doctors not even knowing if she's going to live to, yeah, you go ahead. You can take your kid home. <laughs> so her troubles didn't end there. We got home and she started getting these, these growths on her body called hemangiomas. And there's actually pictures and you'll see there's one on her head on your table. It's about half the size of a baseball and there's one on her face and there's on her side and on her back. And another thing, there was one on her liver. And the doctor said, listen, we have to operate because if that hemorrhages, your daughter can get internal bleeding and it could be fatal. So man, we're like, God, we need a miracle again. We went back to church on Sunday, believe it or not. And a gentleman by the name of Steve Poole, who is living in New Zealand now, called us up to the front again. Of course, we sucked up our pride. Away we went. <laughs> and he laid the Bible on her. And she just declared her clean, free of this condition, and just prayed over her. And the whole church prayed with her. The next day, we went to the, for her operation. So we go into the ultrasound room. They got a picture of the, of the hemangioma on her liver on one side. And then on the other side, you can see his screen. And we're standing behind the technician, and he's got this thing, and he's going over our daughter. And he's, he's looking. He's, he's looking. looking. And we're like, this is taking a while. And then he starts saying, I can't find it. He's like, it should be right here. I can't find it. This one went on for half an hour. Meanwhile, we're behind and we're just laughing and chuckling. We're like, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. And she was healed. Mm -hmm. So that year, um, the NICU in Regina rated Alyssa one of the sickest babies to come through. And I got asked to speak at Tell a Miracle. So I'd just like to introduce you to our daughter, Alyssa, who God, God healed her and saved her. And she's here today. Can you please stand, Alyssa, and just wave? And that was the sickest out of the babies that survived and didn't survive at the NICU. So absolute miracle. Yeah, so we just thank Jesus. We give him the praise for that. So the next testimony that we want to share with you tonight had a profound impact in our lives. Last year, I said to my husband, I feel like there's more. I feel like there's more out there. So I went on my laptop and I said, you know, I'm going to book a conference. I'll book two conferences. Let's take in conferences. Instead of going away um, on a hot vacation this year, let's do something for us. So I booked a marriage conference, not because our marriage was struggling, but because I thought, you know what, I would like to make our marriage better and make it, uh, you know, great. Make it great again. <laughs> so, so I booked a... Um, with Family Life Canada, they used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ, and we set out on our adventure. And I also booked shortly after that, for about two weeks after, one called um, CFAN, Christ for All Nations. And you know, these were the first two that popped up, so I booked them. Didn't know what to expect, but I thought we're going in, we're doing this, and let's let's do it. Yeah, and there's actually a few people here from Nigeria 
that have gone to these conferences, or these crusades, let's call them. And these started in 1974 by Reinhard Bonnke. Um, he recently passed away, and he passed his torch to Daniel Kalenda. And Daniel Kalenda is taking this ministry. So I'm just going to talk briefly on this. When they go and they have... When they go have a, 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 a crusade and people give their lives to Jesus, they get them to fill out a card. And this card has their name, their address, their phone number, and some just general information. And then what they do is they keep up with these people after they accept Jesus. And they plant them in a church. To date, they are almost 80 million documented salvations out of one ministry. 80 million So they were the, this is the group that was coming to Toronto. And this is, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Toronto Blessing. That's what, that's what John and Carol are not. That's this event. It's their church. So we went down to this event, not knowing what it's all about. Remember, I came from a conservative background. I won't mention the church, but there was nothing that happened in the spirit when we were growing up. So we jumped in with two feet. Um, they had a huge revival in 94. Some people that we know of went to that as well, and it changed their lives, and it was, uh, it was incredible. So we got to this event, and I walked in the door, and I walked into the sanctuary, and it was like something just hit me in the chest. And I'm looking around, and there's people speaking in tongues. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard tongues before, but at that time, I thought these people were crazy. There were people on the floor, out cold, there were people jumping, people, it's people singing, people blowing horns. And I'm like, got one hand in my pocket, one eyebrow up, and I kind of look at my wife. Oh, well, I said I'm in with two feet. Let's go and see what happens. <laughs> so speakers at this event were, you might know some of these names, um, Danielle Friedson, Daniel Kalenda, Daniela Friedson, Daniela Friedson, sorry, sorry. Daniel Kalenda, Cindy Jacobs, Sean Bowles, you probably heard of him. Michael Koulianos, he's the nephew of Benny Hinn, and that's just a few of them. Sorry, son-in-law. So when we went there, we listened to these. They were all so powerful. I seen things that I, I, I just couldn't believe at that time because I've never, I've never seen it before. And there was a gentleman by the name of Carlos Anacondia. And to tell you a little bit about him, he has a ministry out of Central America. He's Spanish. And they go set up outside of cities. And they just set up their stages. And they just start praying. And over a period of time, the whole city ends up coming and giving their lives to Jesus. It's absolutely incredible. The miracles are incredible. But his ministry is a deliverance ministry. So he was talking about how when we stray, when we believers stray off the path or when us non-believers open our hearts to something else other than Jesus, we can get a spirit of anger, unforgiveness, so forth within us. And I know this might be a little bit over some of your heads and it was at my time too until he was talking about this. Now I have to take an intentional rabbit trail here. I had an event seven years before this in my life and there were people that really hurt me really bad. And I had incredible anger for these people. And I, I was wishing the worst for these people. And there, there came a point, maybe a year or so later, I forgave these people. But I never asked for forgiveness for my anger. And it created something inside me, like a void. And it almost made me sick. And this is true. I went to the doctor asking, what's wrong with me? For seven years, I it, just constantly feeling sick. So... 
when he was talking about deliverance and he was talking about people containing things within them, all of a sudden this started stirring. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to go to the, the washroom and throw up here. Like, this is getting crazy. And he's talking and it's stirring and it moved up into my chest. And it's stirring and stirring. And then it kind of moved up into my throat and I, was, I just about couldn't swallow. I didn't know what was wrong. And he actually did an altar call at that time and he said, anybody that's dealing with something that garbage in their life and they need it out, come to the front. And I, I didn't even, I just gone. I was down the aisle, my wife right behind me. She grabbed my hand. As I was walking down the aisle, heading to the front, there's 3,000 people, there's a lot of people. It just left me. And I just got filled, I just got filled with peace. And it was an incredible peace. And I got downloaded with instant knowledge. I know, I don't, maybe this downloading thing doesn't sound normal, but God will touch you and he will just give you instant wisdom, I guess you can say, for certain, certain things. And I just knew exactly why I felt for so long why I did, um, what I was harboring, what kind of spirit I was carrying, and it, it just everything was revealed to me. And uh, anyway, I got to the front, and I didn't know what to expect. So we're in front of the stage, and we're looking up, and they got ministers or pastors and people praying for people. And there was a lady right beside me, and she had both hands up in the air and her eyes closed. And this, um, this person came up from the front and just put their hand on her to pray for her. And she went down. I kid you not, it was like chopping a tree down. She didn't bend or nothing, and she went straight down and landed right on the hard concrete. And you could hear her head just like a coconut poke on the floor. And I looked at this, and then the guy looked at me, and I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm like, no way. She got up. She was fine. Here, I'm thinking, man, we got to call an ambulance. But it was a miracle in itself that she wasn't even hurt. I mean, it, it absolutely blew my mind. Am I cutting into your reading? No, you're good. So... When we all went to the front, they were thinking a small crowd was going to come to the front. But instead, I'm going to say about 1,800 to 2,000 people came up to the front. So Daniel Kalenda, he's the one that took over for Reinhardt. He goes, okay, we got too many people up here. And we all had different color uh, wristbands on for different areas. So they rotated people so everybody could experience the front, the back, so forth over the, the four days. He was saying, okay, this color go here, this color go there, this color go there. And then he said, ours was red. He goes, you guys go up on the mezzanine and we'll pray for you. So all these leaders were just praying for people. And it was just short, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with fire, boom, 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 quick. Because there's so many people. So we went up to the mezzanine and we're at the end of the line. And we kind of looked down and here comes Daniel Kalenda. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And he's coming down and he's just boom, boom, boom. Like be filled with fire, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And people are just... Over and over, and but they had actually they had people catching them at that time, which was kind of cool. And he got to me, and I didn't know what to expect, so I'm like, "What do I do?" And he just went up, and he just to my chest like this, and he'd be filled with fire. I don't know how long I was on the floor, <laughs> but I was in the fetal position, and I was twitching like a leaf. But I was in peace. There was a peace. I did not. I did not want to get up off that floor ever. I just wanted to lay there. I mean, I could have been run over by a gravel truck and I would have been happy. <laughs> the peace was phenomenal. And, uh, and yeah, finally I, I kind of did come around and I looked and there was my lovely wife on the floor beside me. <laughs> so we're just going to rewind a minute. So I walked with Brooke also to the front. I felt him twitching 
I'm thinking, oh, what's, what's going on? That's kind of weird, but we're just going to go with it. So as I was walking, I too committed to laying everything down. You see, nine years ago, almost nine years ago, I lost my mom to cancer. Our world got rocked. It turned upside down. There were emotions that came out of me I didn't even know existed. I was 31 years old, left with three small children, and one of my best friends who's closest to me is gone. So I started to get angry at God. I even questioned, is there even a God? If there was a God, why would he take my mom? Why now? Things are going along good. We're having a good life. We're praying every night together. Things are good. Why now? I started to treat my husband terribly. I did some very horrible things to him. I started pushing him away. I turned to alcohol. I didn't know how to deal with my grief. Looking back now, I wish I would have turned to God, but I ran as fast and as far away as I could from God. Drinking material possessions, partying. I would go out with my friends, I would party while he'd be at home looking after the kids. We continued to go to church. I continued to put on a face. It was a really tough time in our lives. I was searching for something. I just kept searching. I didn't know what I was searching for. I know now I was searching for God to fill that void. But at that, t at that time, I just did everything else to try to fill it. So I believe God was doing a work back then while we were going to church. My husband committed to pray for me. I would tell him, Brooke, stop praying. Quit praying for me. I stopped praying for almost a year. I tell you what, that doesn't do good for a family. So getting back to the present, my husband's on the floor, he's twitching. <laughs> I, as I committed going to the front, I laid everything down, you guys. I repented. I asked God to forgive me. I got my junk out. I dug down deep, all the way down, and I gave it all to him. It wasn't my burden to carry. I gave the Lord my unbelief, my shame, any anxiety I felt, any want for alcohol, any unforgiveness. I gave it all to him. And God broke everything off. And I tell you what, you guys, when I did that, I felt a jolt go through my body. It just kind of came over me as I was at the front. And I said then, God, whatever it takes, Lord, whatever it takes at any cost. Hi, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm left-handed. <laughs> I give it to you. So then we went upstairs and got prayed for. So while Brooke is on the fetal, you know, on the, in the fetal position, God, too, dropped me gently to the floor that day. You guys, I tried to get up a couple of times. So I thought, well, what's happening here? 
I couldn't get up. I tried. But there was such a peace and a hope and a love that I felt. And it just consumed me. And it was the love of God. So finally, when we went and got up off the floor, because we did, because we're here today. <laughs> so <laughs> we, had, we ended up getting up. I said to Brooke, I said, you know, Brooke, I said, we need to stand here in his presence. Something is happening. Something is changing. We need to just stand here. And he agreed. We were just taking it all in. So at that time, I said to Brooke, you know, what's next? What direction? I, would, I just wish God would give us direction of what's next. So we had a little conversation. We still stood there. Then another wave of leaders was coming by. And they said, oh, don't worry about them. They already got prayed for. But that didn't matter. Sean Bowles was in that um, wave of leaders. And it was like God told him to stop at us. So he stopped at us. And he took our hands. And he started prophesying over us. And praying for us. And he said, God is going to give you your direction. And I tell you what. Our faces, our jaws just about dropped when he used those words because it was shortly before that we said we wish God would just show us now our direction. So that was really awesome. So he removed the exhaustion, the anxiety, and, uh, and said he's going to show us our direction. So we went back to our seats. So we were at, this, at that time, we were up on the mezzanine. We went down the stairs. We went to our seats, and they were kind of closing out, and everybody was starting to leave. And we were just like soaking it in. We were sitting in our chairs. And people are walking by. And out of the blue, some lady just, I would never seen in her life, just stops, looks at us and says, God's telling me that I see you guys in marriage ministry. And that was it. And then we looked at each other. Vanessa tried to speak. She opened her mouth and it sounded like, I just can't talk right now. <laughs> uh, I, I tried to talk. <laughs> and... I didn't really realize it then, but there's a term called drunk in the spirit, and that was her. She, she couldn't even talk. And I'm like looking at her. I'm like, what's going on? But I mean, this was a day of new for us. Like there were so many, so many new things. Um, what, a, what an experience. What an absolute experience. And I just wanted to say, like I looked up in scripture about this um, falling to the ground in, in the Bible because I didn't really believe it myself. And it's in the Bible. It says, when the glory of the Lord was present, we fell on our faces. And it's not once, it's many times. It is, and it, it talks about the joy of the Lord. It talks about all this stuff. So I'm just telling you, I'm not making this up. I, we experienced it. This is absolutely true. That's right. So throughout the weekend, we had so many different people coming up to us and saying, I feel like you guys are going to be in marriage ministry or are you guys pastors? You, marriage was the, the word of the weekend for us, it seemed, after that moment. So one gentleman by the name of Stephen, he stood out to Brooke and I. He was a few rows behind us, and during worship, he came up to us after, and he said, I feel like I need to share this with you. He says, while we were worshiping, he says, I saw Jesus right in front of you. He says, I feel like 
it was just like a marriage. You just came face to face with Jesus, and you were at a wedding, and he just came, and he, he took off his robe, and he wrapped it tightly in a knot. And he says, you're going to be a big influence in marriages. People are going to come to you, and you're not going to be sure what to say, but it doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit is going to do the talking for you. And people will be asking for help. Well, you guys, that was nine months ago. And in the present time, our church, we, we implemented a marriage mentoring ministry program. Our church leaders have um, commissioned us now to be the leaders of this ministry. And we have, I believe, in the next few weeks, we will have probably 12 um, or 13 active couples coming alongside other couples. And we've done some training with them using Family Life Canada's resources. We have a marriage men mentoring brochure. If anyone is interested, we have a great group of people that we've trained in this. And it's an hour and a half a month to meet with a couple and to say, we're here for you. We're going to go through some, uh, some discussion with you. And we love you. And we're going to commit to pray for you. So that's what that's all about. So I have some handouts on this table over there if you're interested. And that's using Family Life Canada's resource. And I'm going to just plug Family Life Canada again because they've asked us to come on staff with them um, at one of their weekend getaways coming up in Waska Sioux in April. So we're just really thrilled about that. If anybody wants to come on board, we have, I think, about six or seven couples already committed uh, to coming with us that weekend. So we have some handouts for that. Uh, please get in touch with me because we have an excellent group rate, and I know you'll, you'll really be blessed at that. So let's get off that rabbit trail. <laughs> no. Okay, let's get back to the original story. That was awesome. Thanks, Vanessa. Um, you know, that You're night welcome. after we got back from that, that day of all these, you know, new things happening, we got back to the room, and I was laying in bed that night, and I was going through Scripture because I had to verify this, this myself because I believe every word in the Bible is true. Because if there's one word wrong in there, it's not for me. And I, you know, I can't find a fault in that book. And I was reading and I'm finding all this stuff and I'm having my mind just blown. So I was thinking, you know, maybe it was suggestion. Maybe because I was seeing all this stuff happen, it was just, you know, it was suggestion. And, you know, somebody came by and hit me and down I went too. And it was all in my head. So I thought to myself, you know, we're going back. We got two more days. If somebody does that to me again, I am not going down. I am going to stand and I am going to stand tall. Absolute truth. I was going to stand and I was going to stand tall. You are tall. <laughs> so how much taller you. can you stand? <laughs> so we went back and Carol or not, and she was at the, in the 94, I don't know if they still are, they were the leaders of that Toronto Blessing Church. She was speaking and she spoke on how much Jesus loves us and even in the tough times and it was, it was a phenomenal sermon. But at the, end of her, uh, at the end of her speaking, she said, listen, we're gonna have three lines at the back of the church. The back of the church was open. There's gonna be a line for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you want more of any of those, Go ahead, get in a line, we'll pray for you. I was like, Holy Spirit for me. So <laughs> I went back and I got in this Holy Spirit line. And I didn't tell Vanessa what was going on. And I was thinking, okay, here we go. So she's going around and she's praying. Once again, guys, quick, 
be filled with fire, Holy Spirit, fire, Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say one to two out of three people are falling down. There were a lot of standing up, filled with joy, laughter, stuff like that happening. But she got to us, and she's just going boom, 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 quick. Well, she got to me, and as if she read my mind, and she just stopped at me, grabbed my hands, and said, be filled with fire. Well, I went down in this kind of this funky chicken thing like this, and I'm doing a twitch. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going down. I'm not going down. I'm not going down. And she goes, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Boom, I hit the floor again. And I was filled with joy, joy of the Lord. I sat there on the floor amongst 3,000 people, and I laughed so hard my guts hurt. And I didn't even know why I was laughing. I'm just laughing and laughing. And then I look beside, my wife is laughing. <laughs> and it, I, I don't know what it was. Like, I know what it was. I know it was the Holy Spirit. But I think what it was is, I was thinking about how bold I was to stand up to the Lord and, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, no problem, I got this. And you know what? He set me on my butt again. And I realized it, and I tell you what, once again, changed my life. Changed my life. So shortly after that, once we got off the floor, we got back to our seats, a gentleman by the name of Brian Green was uh, speaking. And this man is known for when he speaks... He doesn't get very many words out, but the Holy Spirit shows up and does wonders. And we don't know what it's going to be. So he got up on stage and he's doing an introduction. This is where I am. This is my church. This is what I'm, you know, what I, I'm speaking on. And he started to get into his word. And all he said was Acts chapter 2. As soon as he said that, the spirit of laughter went over the whole room. And the whole room could not stop laughing. And I don't mean like, ha ha. I mean gut-wrenching laughing. 3,000 people were laughing and couldn't stop laughing. Actually, that's wrong. 2,999 because there was one guy that wasn't laughing and he looked at them. He goes, why aren't you laughing? Somebody lay their hands on him and they did and he burst out laughing. So <laughs> it was an absolute awesome experience. So the last night that we were there, Brooke mentioned at supper. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I kind of quit a little early. He did give a testimony. They do this every year. And there was a pastor from a conservative church. I, I'm not going to mention these churches because we're all in the same business of saving souls. But this pastor from his church, he came and he, he stood there the whole time, the four days, and absolutely nothing. He never experienced nothing. He went back to his home church, and on Sunday, he was given a little testimony. Yeah, I went there, and I saw this, and I saw that, and I saw this. He goes, but nothing happened to me. And when he waved his arm and said, nothing happened to me, the whole church hit the floor. He was the only one left standing. And that's a true story. So I don't know, even know how you could orchestrate something like that. <laughs> so last night we were there. Brooke and I were talking, and we were saying... You know, we're always hearing about these big crusades and all these healing, um, heal about healings. So Brooke says to me, well, I'd like to see some healings. We haven't seen any healings all weekend. And I said, well, me too. So last night we were there. We went to the last session. We heard an awesome, um, awesome message by Michael Koulianos. And as he finished his message... He basically said to press into the Lord, press into the Holy Spirit. So we all did. And Daniel Kalenda came up, and he says, I feel like God wants to heal. 
So I said to Brooke, gave him a little nudge, here we go. <laughs> so he says, we're going to have some healings and miracles. He says, those of you with an ailment or illness in your body, he says, please stand up. And there were so many people there, the ministry uh, team at front couldn't pray for each person individually. So they asked us to go and lay our hands on, on somebody that was standing up. So I felt I, my, I was pretty good in my body. I didn't need any healings. So I locked eyes with the lady across the way. And I knew she was the one that I was to pray for. So I started making my way over to her. And I laid my hands, you know, like all hands on deck. Like I did both hands. She told me that she has a respiratory infection and that um, her lungs, she just couldn't stop coughing. And she's been on medication. Nothing's working. It's keeping her up. So I put a hand on her chest and a hand on her forehead. Because like I said, I just, you know, I'm going to, we're going to all hands on deck here, Lord. And I looked her boldly in the eyes, and I said, you know God's about to heal you. And she said, I know. So I followed Daniel Kalenda's lead. And basically, he just um, mentioned that you just boldly say, in the name of Jesus, that her coughing stops, her illness leaves her body. So I sternly said that, and all of a sudden, this lady falls to the floor and my hands are still on her I went down as well because I didn't know this is new to me so uh, with both hands on her my hands are getting hot they're tingly and I'm thinking wow oh what's going on do I she's not waking up <laughs> I don't so I just stood there with my hands over her and I realized wow God is doing a work God is healing her God is real and he lives in me, and he healed her through me. It wasn't me by laying my hands on her. It was him healing her. So a lady must have uh, came by and mentioned, you saw me weeping. I, I just started to weep. My hands were still on her. I didn't, I didn't leave. I, and she says, can I get somebody for you? Are you okay? And I said, you know, my husband's over there. Yeah, sure, bring him, bring him over. By the time Brooke got over, the lady got up off the floor and she said, something changed. She said, my chest, something popped in my chest. She says, it, it was phenomenal. We both started jumping and I said, I believe God just healed you. And she said, me too. So it was amazing. So Brooke, he mentioned to the lady next to him, he gave her a high five and he said, my wife's anointed. And they <laughs> joked about it. So the lady and I, we just started praising God. We started jumping around and, and just thanking him for the miracle. We even danced. But you know, there was a lot of healings that night. God was on the move. And he was healing people. So another lady had a word for us as well. And she said, God spoke to her saying that my husband has a pure heart that he works over a vast area. Something about like tilling the ground, working from the ground up. And if anybody knows what we do, we directional drill, we break ground. 
So it was really neat. And she said to me, God wants you to know that winter is gone and spring is here. And she kept saying, new life, new life, new life. God paid for you to have a new life, she told me. I'm starting to weep because I kind of cry sometimes. So I started to weep. And then she said, tears of grief are relief. And I think I was crying a little bit more. She kept saying, tears of grief are relief. She says, I believe you had a bit of a rougher time with some grief. This lady didn't know me, but God was telling her to bring healing to my life. Give your junk to the Lord. We gave our junk to the Lord. We're walking now, you guys, in the fullness and the peace that God has for us. I haven't felt peace like I have in the last nine years, like I do right now. I feel joy. I truly believe God is just at the door knocking. And we open that door. We unlock the door. And we let him in. And I tell you what, it's been an awesome, awesome ride. So I just want to go back to the Carlos Anacondia experience. And when I got that download from him, you know, I, Scripture just popped in my head. I know Scripture now. I, I knew two verses in the Bible, John 3.16 and Genesis 1.1. For my whole life, that was it. Man, it's amazing. I know Scripture like crazy. I am so interested in the Bible. But when he touched me, he just, he just made me aware of the stuff I was carrying, the unforgiveness, the anger, the spirit of anger, and he freed me from that. And even in the word, you know, it says that the battle that we have is not a battle between flesh and blood. It's a battle between the spirit of good and evil. And we're supposed to keep every thought captive. And I realized at that moment in my past, all those evil thoughts, those left field evil thoughts or left field bad thoughts, I don't know if you guys get them, but you'll get thoughts and you're just like, whoa, where did that come from? I realized that that was a spiritual battle. And, and all of a sudden, that all was relevant. I understood. I understood how we have to keep our thoughts captive and that the battle that we have is not flesh and blood, that it is a spiritual battle. And I just want to reach out to you guys. If there's anybody in this room that has experienced anything, anything like this, whether you just have unforgiveness on your heart, it's anger, whatever, whatever sin life that you've led in the past that has been haunting you for the, your whole life. I just want to encourage you, you know, we will have a prayer team come up. I will pray. My wife will pray. She's anointed in healing. She loves to pray for people for healing. We have an awesome team that, that we have here that'll love to pray for you guys. You're more than welcome. Come up. We'd like to pray for you guys. If it's healing, I encourage you come up. You don't have to tell us your whole last 10 year experience. If it's lungs, just say, I need prayer for my lungs. And God knows the story. And we would love to pray for you guys. We would love to just dig deep and just deliver, help deliver, I don't know, whatever Jesus wants to deliver you from. Let's do it. Let's not carry it. What for? I mean, life is short enough the way it is. We got an eternity to think of. An eternity. It's not worth being living in bondage. Not at all.
Yeah, I really believe God touched us. It really just poured out his spirit on us. You guys, we had a touch from the Lord. And sometimes that's all we need is just a fresh touch from God. You know, just to press in. And, that, and that's what we're doing. So even if you've been a Christian for a long time, and you're staying at the same level, guys, just press in. God wants you to press in. He wants us to have a deep love. It's Valentine's Day. And there's no other love like the love of Jesus. He loves us. So we checked our heart's inventory. And I would just, I just feel God is just stirring and saying, check your heart's inventory. If there's anything in your heart that, that may not be right, just give it to him. If you've shelved something, if you've put it to the side, it's time to just dust it off and say, here you go. Just live in a free, free life. We have a good, good God. He's a good father. Brooke and I are walking that road out and we're just realizing, boy, he's always been there. He's always been faithful to us. He loves us. He wants to be involved in our life. He wants to be involved in your life as well. I just pray that, that you will find the joy, that you will find the peace and the love that God has for you. God wants to have real encounters. We had a real encounter with the Lord, you guys, face-to-face -face encounter. And it was awesome. We dialogue with him daily. We give him everything. So I just ask you, cast your cares and your anxiety on him. God has our number, just as he has yours. The good word, the Bible that is, instructs us to repent. And repent is actually a really simple thing to do. Repent means to change, change your direction, change your mind. And what happens when you change your mind from the way of this world and give it to God, you change your heart. God is looking for a change of heart in each of us. That's his main focus is our hearts and a change of heart. I remember the prayer where Manny was praying in Spanish and his wife was translating in English. I look at it this way, that was awesome. But God doesn't speak all these different languages. He speaks heart. He wants to know your heart. He wants to know my heart. Don't think that I'm up here because I think I'm perfect. I think I'm probably the worst out of everybody here. I got a history that's so black. But you know what? Jesus died. He shed his blood. And he paid for that sin. It is gone. Is it forgotten? And if you guys want the same thing, come join us. We'd love to pray for you. We just hope that you've been blessed. This is new to us, but we know that God loves us. And I know that I'm going to see my mom again. And she's waiting for me with open arms to love me beside God. So, Randy, you want to wrap this up?
thank you guys. We really appreciate it. And if you want to touch, awesome. we'd love to pray for you. I really, I really felt there were some 